This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Great debate blowback. I thought I did great. The Trumps. This time they're wearing masks. And what happened behind the scenes at the final showdown? It was not the train wreck that the first debate was. Then, shocking rollover. The Jeep tumbling off a cliff. How they saved Decker the dog. And total rush hour chaos. All because this knucklehead wanted to climb a bridge. We got a great view of the city here. I feel like Spider-Man. Plus, convicted white killer Scott Peterson back in court for the first time in 16 years. Is he really going to get a new trial for killing Lacey and their unborn son? It's the path to justice. Then, Borat's October surprise as actor Sasha Baron Cohen steps out of character. It is what it is. He did what he did. And Ghost Town USA. Look at what's happened to New York. It's a ghost town. This family begs to differ. They've moved to New York City. Plus, a house divided. Dad voting for Trump. They're voting for Biden. And mom, she's stuck in the middle. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. The final debate is history. And if anyone still hasn't made their mind up, each candidate gave a reason to vote for them. President Trump showed that he could be restrained, and Joe Biden showed he was mentally sharp. Facts were sometimes in short supply, but the audience wasn't. Stephen Fabian has our coverage. The ratings are in, and they are impressive. 21 million viewers tuned in to the final Trump-Biden showdown. But that's still down a whopping 21 percent from the first debate in September. Unlike that train wreck, this time we got a real debate. This was an actual debate. I spoke with Martha Raddatz, ABC News chief global affairs correspondent and co-anchor of This Week. It was almost like a very similar debate, but kind of on slow motion. You heard many of the same things from the candidates, but you really did have a chance to listen to them. Both Trump and Biden had their share of slip-ups. I know more about wind than you do. Kills all the birds. He says to them about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. He meant, of course, the far-right Proud Boys. A lot of money, more money Near the end, Biden was spotted checking his watch. Joe Biden was bobbly, a little, little shaky at the end, and looking at his watch to see when this thing would be over. Fact-checking the candidates, the New York Times said Trump unleashed an unrelenting series of false, misleading, and exaggerated statements. And the L.A. Times said Biden veered from the facts occasionally, but not as much as Trump. So who won? Depends on who you ask. I thought 
Trump won? Joe Biden won this debate running away. President Trump won this debate. Who won the debate? Joe Biden. Watching the debate in the UK was Pierce Morgan, editor at large of DailyMail.com and author of the new book, Wake Up. Can you pick a winner from last night? I think it was a win for Trump. The fact that he was able to be more dignified, be more respectful than we were expecting. I think he caught Joe Biden by surprise. And it was interesting that he was more effective, Trump, in going after Joe Biden by being that way than he was by shouting personal abuse at him. Trump spoke about the debate today from the White House. I thought I did great. There are certain groups of very aggressive people that love the first debate. But I think this was better. This is obviously a more popular way of doing it. Moderator Kristen Welker of NBC News is winning praise today for her deft performance. Even Trump seemed pleased. By the way, so far, I respect very much the way you're handling this, I have to say. But some Trump supporters are complaining that Welker cut him off 41 times. She interrupted Biden 24 times. Chris Wallace, who had a tough time maintaining control of the last debate, admitted he was jealous of Welker. First of all, I'm jealous. <laughs> I would have liked to have been able to moderate that debate. Our Megan Alexander is in Nashville, the site of last night's debate. Something everyone noticed last night. This time, the Trump family stuck to the rules and kept their masks on all through the debate. First Lady Melania was the last to take her seat. Her black mask, a perfect match for her sleek black dress. The Trumps were subdued after the debate, while Jill Biden gave her husband a great big hug. The president invited some unexpected guests, golfer John Daly, who was dressed in a Stars and Stripes suit, and Kid Rock. When they first sat down, they were not wearing masks, but they were told to put masks on or get out. One of the top trending words on social media last night was malarkey. He's bringing up all this malarkey. Boom! The first malarkey of the night. Hold on, let's just check my punch card here. I've got the uh, frequent malarkey card right there. I just, that's, that's number one. Five more, and I get a free sub. The White House says President Trump will be casting his vote early in West Palm Beach on Saturday. A daredevil who thought it would be a good idea to scale one of New York City's busiest bridges during rush hour has a lot of explaining to do. And he'll be doing it to a judge. Amber Cagliano with more on a climb that was actually live streamed as it happened. This guy is about to take stupid teenage pranks to new heights. Right over there, we have a prospect. He climbs the Queensboro Bridge in New York City and live streams the whole crazy stunt. He gets to the footpath on the bridge and starts to inch his way up the metal framework. Oh, man, we are high up. Take a look at this, boys. Up and up he goes. Woo! One wrong move, and I will end up like 500 feet below, so this is not good. Uh, We got a great view of the city here. I feel like Spider-Man. Hard to believe, but some viewers who are watching his stunt here at the bridge were texting comments to his live stream feed, and some were even donating money. There he is, high up in the structure, shooting the whole thing. Wow, those people look like ants up here. Then the inevitable happens. Oh, there they are. Officers, I'm just trying to get a better view for my little uh, camera here. 
Cops have to stop all traffic, causing total chaos during last night's evening rush hour commute. I'm live to people right now. New York's finest risk their lives, making their way up to apprehend the guy. Finally, an officer approaches gingerly, and the show's over. Oof, we got a great view of the city here. I feel like Spider-Man. He's got a different view now. 18-year-old Sanchez was charged with reckless endangerment and criminal trespass. Stunning news today from California. 16 years after Scott Peterson was found guilty of murdering his pregnant wife, Lacey, and their unborn son, his death sentence has been overturned. And as Jim Murray reports today, Peterson had another legal victory. Could notorious wife killer Scott Peterson soon be a free man? In court today, Peterson got a huge win. His penalty phase will be retried. If they want to retry it, we'll be there. And boy, well, we will be there bigger and better than they've ever seen. Here's how Peterson looks at age 47, locked up at San Quentin. 16 years ago, his trial riveted the nation after his pregnant wife Lacey disappeared on Christmas Eve. Cops arrested him after massage therapist Amber Fry said they'd started dating a month earlier when Peterson told her that his wife was dead. Lacey's body, along with her unborn son, washed ashore four months later. In a 2004 TV movie about the case, The Perfect Husband, Peterson was played by actor Dean Kane. I was having an affair. Due to the pandemic, Peterson appeared at the hearing remotely from San Quentin wearing a face mask. The case was reopened after the court ruled that one of the jurors committed prejudicial misconduct by failing to disclose that she'd obtained a restraining order against her boyfriend's ex-girlfriend while she was pregnant. Now it's possible that Peterson may also get an entirely new trial after a judge was ordered to decide whether his murder convictions should be overturned. If the motion is granted to retry the case, Everything starts from the beginning. It starts all over again. Janie Peterson, Scott Peterson's sister-in-law, yes. says she believes he's innocent. Yes, it's the path to justice. It's not necessarily easy, but it's the path we're on. So. Janie says she last visited Peterson in March, right before lockdown at the prison due to COVID-19. He loves to hear about his nieces and nephews and our lives and our vacations. Cron 4 News reporter Amy Larson was in the courtroom. Today, Scott sounded polite and even hopeful as far as what is going to be next for him. Prosecutors say if Peterson does get a new trial, they will once again seek the death penalty. And here it is, your first look at the controversial scene from the new Borat film in which President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, says he was tricked by Sasha Baron Cohen. And with all the attention that the movie's getting, the film has been given a surprise early release. It's our first look at the controversial scene in the just-released Borat movie. Shall we have a drink in the bedroom? Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal attorney, goes into a hotel bedroom with a woman he thinks is a TV reporter. She's actually an actress working for comedian Sasha Baron Cohen. You can give me your phone number and your address. He gently pats her as she helps him take off his microphone. Then he lies back on the bed and puts his hand down his pants. He says he's tucking in his shirt. The scene was shot in this Manhattan hotel last July. Giuliani seemed convinced he was being interviewed by a legitimate reporter, even after this bizarre interruption by a disguised Sasha Baron Cohen. Is she asking too many questions? No, she's doing great. 
I here to defend America's mayor, Rudolph Giuliani. Cohen, in character as Borat, announced the movie's release on Amazon Prime last night, earlier than scheduled and just an hour before the final presidential debate. The 76-year-old former mayor says, at no time was I ever inappropriate. If Sasha Baron Cohen implies otherwise, he is a stone-cold liar. The comedian appeared on Good Morning America today as himself. With him was the actress who plays his daughter in the movie, 24-year-old Maria Bakalova. It is what it is. He did what he did. And uh, make your own mind up. Um, it was pretty clear to us. <laughs> and today, Sasha Baron Cohen shared video of his co-star getting a tour of the White House after sneaking past security while posing as a conservative reporter. At last night's debate, President Trump called New York City a ghost town because of COVID-19. That's not quite true. There was a mass exodus at the beginning of the pandemic, but now some people are moving to the Big Apple, including this family. They say they feel safer here. Les Trent with more. President Trump took a sharp jab at New York City during last night's debate. If you go and look at what's happened to New York, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. Is the Big Apple really a ghost town? Here in Times Square, it's not as crowded with tourists as it was pre-pandemic. But get this, after an exodus in the spring of thousands of New Yorkers, we're now beginning to see small signs of the exact opposite, people moving back. If anybody's writing off the city, they're out of their mind. I remember all along the way, people wrote off the city at every hard juncture, especially 9-11. People leaving the city were never coming back. Well, guess what? They were coming back in exactly about a year and a half. Shark Tank personality and real estate tycoon Barbara Corcoran says she's not surprised some people are moving to the city. For instance, the Massanotti family. They used to live in North Carolina, but they recently up and left and moved to the Big Apple, surprising all their friends. We felt safer coming up here, especially because masks and social distancing and those things were such a big deal and requirements. That felt safe to us. The pandemic prompted lifelong New Yorker Maureen Cross to leave the city in June. She moved to Vermont. But now she's back. I really just got very lonesome. She told Inside Edition reporter Allison Hall that she loves the conveniences of big city life. Let me show you my great New York City apartment. I have a one bedroom. She may have given up a sprawling kitchen and the lush mountains of Vermont, but at least she has a deck. Three months ago, literally, I wouldn't have been able to afford this place. So the landlords are being very flexible. Corcoran says if you're thinking of moving to New York, now is the time. I'm a landlord, and I can tell you rents have come down 30%. You want to get a good deal in New York City? You just hit on that landlord. Is New York City dead, in your opinion? No, no, it's not going to die. It's never going to die. <laughs> Let's hope not. Now some heart-stopping footage of a Jeep rolling down a mountain, and inside is a woman and her dog. Both of them were thrown from the vehicle. Now what happened next is a miracle. A Jeep comes crashing down a mountain pass right in the path of an oncoming vehicle. The terrifying moment was caught on dash cam in Telluride, Colorado. 23-year-old Susie Rhodes and her 10-month-old black lab puppy Decker were passengers in the Jeep when her boyfriend pulled over to assist another motorist. He went to help direct them, heard some gravel moving, looked over, saw the Jeep was moving, ran to the Jeep to try and get into see if he could steer it to safety and was thrown from the Jeep 
from the outside, and then the passenger in the Jeep tumbled six switchbacks vertically down. Susie and her puppy were thrown from the Jeep as it slid down the mountain. Decker was presumed dead. Three days later, hikers heard him barking and howling. The sheriff's office tweeted these pics of the pooch being rescued. Check out that slobbery thank you. Susie was airlifted to the hospital where she underwent spinal surgery. And here's Decker today with Susie's parents, who are taking care of him while she's in the hospital. Her boyfriend, who's now my hero, after, after that Jeep threw him around a little bit. He ran down the hill. He was the first one to Susie. We count our blessings daily that everybody came down off that mountain. This is what the Jeep looked like when it finally landed. It really was remarkable that the falling debris, the rock fall, and the Jeep itself didn't injure more people. Miracles do happen. We'll be right back. Next, Young Bravehearts, the teenagers volunteering in the COVID-19 vaccination trials. Plus, a house divided. Dad voting for Trump. They're voting for Biden. And mom, she's stuck in the middle. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. It is clear life won't return to anything close to normal until we have a coronavirus vaccine. But there can't be a vaccine without trials and brave people to take part of them. Now kids are signing up. Bravery knows no age. This 12-year-old boy is America's youngest COVID-19 vaccination volunteer. You can hold that there for me, okay? His name is Abinov, and he's an eighth grader from Ohio. 3,000 children are expected to join Abinov as human guinea pigs for Pfizer's clinical trial taking place at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. 16-year-old Caitlin Evans was the first teenager to participate in the vaccination program the whole world is waiting for. I think we should all do whatever we're able to for other people right about now, and um, if any information that they can get from me can help like, get a vaccine out sooner and help everyone out there, I feel like I can do it. One 120 American children have died from the coronavirus, but overall, they are far less likely than adults to get seriously ill, a point President Trump tried to make during last night's debate. And we have to open our schools. And it's like, as an example, I have a young son. He also tested positive. By the time I spoke to the doctor the second time, he was fine. It just went away. Young people. I guess it's their immune system. That's not stopping these brave kids from making history and helping the world get one step closer to a vaccine. And you're all done. Meantime, a new study conducted at the University of Washington found that if 95% of Americans would wear masks in public, 100,000 lives could be saved through January. When we come back, dad likes Trump, son likes Biden. Can they live in peace? The country has never been more divided, and sometimes that division is under the same roof. This family is a house divided against itself. Check out the front lawn in Burbank, California. It's a sea of political signs split between President Trump and Joe Biden. Dad Victor Wolf is voting for Trump. I'm a hardcore Trump supporter. You know, I love, you know, I I identify with him. But his 25-year-old son, Justin, and girlfriend, Gabby, are voting Biden. And Justin, your dad put the signs up first, right? Yeah. And then what did you do? Say, hey, fair is fair? 
yeah, um, he put the flag up and then he said a sign was on the way. And I'm like, well, then I can put something up. As for Victor's wife, Beth, well, she's undecided. Perfect for her role as family referee. With just 11 days before the election, this family remains a house divided. Statistics don't line up with him doing a great Everybody's job. Everybody's taking advantage of America. Fortunately, they still like each other. I love my kids and they love me. And let's hope they do after the election. And uh, today here at Inside Edition, some sad news as we say goodbye to a beloved member of our family. Nicole Austin, who worked many years as our production executive, has passed away from cancer. Nicole always made sure that things were going smoothly. But more than that, she was kind, nurturing and supportive. No matter how hectic things got, Nicole always had a comforting smile. She was a wonderful woman and she'll be missed. We'll be back. Oops. And he's off. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has a clear path to a touchdown. But what's this? Oh, no. Trying to stay upright and he trips. Absolutely all alone and he trips. To add insult to injury, the Philadelphia Eagles went on to win the game 22 to 21. Wah, wah. We'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.